Hey everyone, I am the Chosen One Legend here, as always joined by my co-host. Hi, I'm Kai, also known as Faskaran. And welcome back to the Bunch of Jokers podcast, where we are here in our continuing our sort of console retrospectives. It's been five years of the Nintendo Switch, which is just mental. I mean, <laughs> how else do you put it? Yeah, it's it's crazy because I mean, like with a lot of the other consoles, basically every other console that we own, I remember getting it at a very young age. Like it's something mm. I've had since I was very young. Whereas the Switch was still five whole years ago, but it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> no, <laughs> it, it really doesn't. It's like. <laughs> It feels, in, in a weird way, it's like so much has happened since that time, but it also feels like it was only yesterday. It's kind of crazy. But yeah. it's it's been quite a five years. There's so much to talk about. And in this video, we're just going to break down some of our favorite memories, some of our favorite games, and what else we think lies in the future for the Nintendo Switch. But uh, I should clarify, there will be timestamps in the description below if you want to hop about between the different sections. But let's just get things straight started. And to, to kick things off, Kai... What was your introduction to the Nintendo Switch? Like, how did you first get your console? So, um, I was already, you know, a big Nintendo fanboy, whatever you want to call yep. it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've got loads of time logged on the, the 3DS, the Wii, the DS, Wii, even some on the Wii U. You know, we've done our retrospectives on those sorts of things. Mm. Um, but the Switch, again, as I grew older, this was the first one where I kind of knew about it prior to release. And was hyped about it. You know, I remember even back when... I remember when I was on holiday and I was, like, reading articles about the Nintendo NX. Like, back then. (laughs) And, like, I was really hyped for it. And then they released the trailer. I think it was, like, a really snowy day here when they they released it. Mm -hmm. And I was so hyped. Like, I was just really, really looking forward to it. Um, You know, even even back then I could recognise how much better the marketing was on that very first trailer. Um, yeah. So, you know, just was really hyped, um, really looking forward to it all. Uh, and then it released, uh, I got it on release day, um, you know, the special box with it all in. Uh, so that was my first day. I had like pizza, I was I was hyped, <laughs> played some 1-2 Switch, tried playing Breath of the Wild and kept dying at the very beginning of it. And I kind of oh, raged, <laughs> but uh, I, I didn't. I didn't know what the game was going to be like yet. I was still getting a feel for it. But overall, first I, Zelda I, game, I wasn't really it? enjoyed it. If I remember um, correctly. I've played, like, Four Swords right. on the DS and, like, small bits. But this was the first one I'd played through and completed properly outside of yeah. that, like, Spirit Tracks. So it Fair was, enough. overall, like, a very bizarre experience to me just because of the way the Switch was. It just it just felt really different as a console. Like, holding the controllers because I had the Joy-Cons... Uh, you know the way that Breath of the Wild's introduction is like the whole the whole experience was just really jarring to me in the best way possible. Yeah, I mean for me, I similarly you know I was a full on Nintendo fanboy by the time of the Switch, and I I sort of became one during the Wii U and 3DS era, which I enjoyed a lot. As if you haven't go check out our retrospectives on those consoles, we give all our thoughts there. But I really enjoyed those consoles and had a good time with it. But there's no denying that, particularly with the Wii U and towards the end, things were kind of dry, right? You know, it was not the strongest era of Nintendo. And there was real anticipation for what would come next. Like you said, the NX rumours, there were different like patent leaks that came out, and there was a real buzz about it in the Nintendo community. Yeah. And then that first trailer dropped, and it just immediately sold you on the console. You know, it's... Mm-hmm. I mean, people take the piss out of that trailer 
rightfully so because how goofy it is like the woman at the end who just brings the switch to like a roof party <laughs> and there's, there were all those memes of like Karen god damn it we're trying to socialise not bringing your switch to the party it's but cheesy <laughs> it, it really is but at the same time it perfectly sold that concept of here's it is on the console now take it on the go play Breath of the Wild on the on the train on the bus on the plane wherever you are mm-hmm. it really the plane really excited me <laughs> yeah they, I think they showed playing Skyrim on the plane in the trailer they did I remember that vividly and it, it just immediately captured what the Switch was going to be, and that novelty has not worn off since, so immediately hype. And then there was like the infamous January Direct, which for us was at like 3am, so I was up bright and early for this, but I was still <laughs> popping off. When, when they showed that Zelda trailer, the Breath of the Wild one, I still consider that the best trailer ever, like movie, TV show, video game, whatever. That was such a hype trailer, and it then came re- release day, and... Again, like like watching the trailer, when you have it in your hands, it immediately just clicks with you, and I've been playing it an insane amount ever since, you know. I'm borderline addiction, but <laughs> that's that's part of the fun. So, yeah, I've... yeah Like you, I got 1-2-Switch and Breath of the Wild. Technically, Breath of the Wild came a few days late, so all I had was 1-2-Switch for a little while. Right, okay. But even that, and you know what, just to start to move on to some games a bit, 1-2-Switch gets some flack for being a bit naff, which it is, <laughs> but I had fun with it. <laughs> it was a good way it's to a good show off. party game. Yeah. Like, it's probably... It's, the... it's, it's one of those things, it's not for the people who are like really hyped to play Breath of the Wild and stuff like that. It's, it's for the people who are like, oh, I'll get this for my grandson and he'll have a great time with yeah. it. He's seven, by the way. It's just like, it's that kind of genre, which... I feel like every console, every every Nintendo console needs a starter game like that. So, you know, it fills and a role. It does. I mean, there's there's real an inherent fun goofiness to it. Just that gif of the guy at one of the E3s or whatever showing off the Milkin minigame. And his yeah. face as he's getting into it is just so disturbing. But that's one to switch for you. But it, mm-hmm. to, give it, to give it one real praise of the thing I think it's done better than almost any other game since is showing off the HD Rumble. Because that is something mm, that that's a good point. I kind of feel has been a bit underutilized in the Switch's lifespan, where it's sort of a nice bonus at times, but you don't really notice it too much. But in One Two Switch, like when it showed you the mini game where you have to roll a little, the, there's meant the to be little balls inside the controller, yeah. yeah, and you can feel them moving around. Like that still is insane to me, and nothing has captured that feeling. So except uh, the PS Five with. Um, the Astro's Playroom on the DualSense. That's the, that's the only thing that's come close to that since. So, uh, credit to one to switch for being the only game to... Re- well, one of the only games to really take advantage of that. Mm. Yeah, but, I'm in agreement there. It's a good good starter. But, you know what? I think let's mention... While we're talking a bit about the gimmicks of the Switch, we mentioned HD Rumble. I think we should also really just touch upon the whole idea of you know the basis of the console, switching. The fact that you can take the console... It's a portable console that you can just dock and play on your TV. How much is this like? How much do you use this? What sort of balance do you play them both? And do you think the novelty has worn off you or not? All these years later. Um. At first, I was very. Uh, I was like very hot. I was like, man, I can play this wherever. Yeah. And that stuck through. Whenever I was traveling to places, a lot of the time I would play on the Switch. You know, I remember playing it on the plane. Because uh, it's like, uh, when it first released, there were a couple weird rules about, you know, how you could take it on a plane. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Essentially, oh, really? because of yeah, because of the device size, you know, you're not allowed to bring like devices that are too big uh, right. into your carry-on. Yeah. Um, so to bring your switch onto the plane, the rules at first were that you had to disconnect the Joy-Cons. They couldn't be with the main console. To, mm. In order to bring it on, but then as soon as you're on, you can connect the Joy Cons back on again because it's technically, huh. you know, the the size rules. It was weird, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't know outside that. of that, like I, I really enjoyed the concept. Um, in reality, especially nowadays, uh, I spend almost all of the time on the Switch uh, docked. I I almost never play it portable. The only time I ever do play it portable is if I'm traveling. And you know, even when I am traveling, I might just be on my laptop or DS instead. So I don't, I don't yeah. use portable very often at all. But I really do appreciate when I do use it, and that that actually keeps the novelty of it in a sense because I use it at portable so little. When I do use it, it kind of adds to the effect of it. So it's it's Makes somehow sense. stuck around for me, you know. Yeah, I think of course it's going to be one of those things where your mileage will vary depending on how much you leave the house. And I am. Yeah. No, no denying it. I'm very much a shut-in because <laughs> I, I, for example, I've been out of school since the Switch came out. Um, it was only I'd only been out of school for a little while, but and I work from home, so I, I'm not going out lots of places. I haven't really gone on any big holidays in that time. I'm not really much of a adventurer or traveller. So, in the grand scheme of things, I haven't had many uses to use the Switch on the go. But at the same time, I actually have managed to get a decent amount of use out of the portability just within the house, and that's partly because the room where the con- the dock is, where I usually play TV, which is how I mostly play, is up in the loft room. But I only really go up there to play the Switch, otherwise I usually, I don't even hang out in my bedroom, I usually chill down in the living room. Which means sometimes if I'm just in the evening, I just want to play a few Smash games, or I want to quickly, you know, do anything, or just like do some grinding in uh, for collectibles in the game, or something small like that. I can just sort of lay back on my couch and play it without having to go up and dock it on the big TV or bring the dock downstairs to our living room TV. So, like, in that sense, handhelds has come in really useful for me in just being able to play anywhere on the house that I want to. And I think that alone is enough value for me that it's... The novelty has not worn off to this day. I mean, just the other day, for example, I um, I was playing a great, great Ace Attorney case up in the loft. But then I had to come down for dinner, and then family were going to bed afterwards, so I couldn't be up in the loft room because it's right above where they sleep. So I could just, you know, continue, I just put it into sleep mode, then got some headphones in, connected it, and played it downstairs on the TV, and it worked fine, on, sorry, on the city with a handheld mode, and yeah, it just, it's a novelty that is never going to get old, and it's the kind of thing where we're not going to talk yet about the future, but I don't think they can drop it for the next console. There's no way they can go back from this, I, I don't know, what do you think about that? I would be very surprised if they did, because if they did, considering that they're kind of not doing the 3DS anymore, there would be no portability options in the next gen. I feel like they've ditched doing separate now, and they're going to try and keep it combined, like portable and docked, for all consoles going forward. Yeah. But you know what, now now we've talked about some of the games, the console's features even, let's talk a bit some of the games and the Switch's library, because... Holy crap, <laughs> this thing has a killer library. I mean, just to break it down a little bit, in the first year, 2017, which we've talked about this several times before on the channel, it's it's infamous for having games like you know, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Breath of the Wild, Xenoblade 2, Mario Odyssey, Mario and Rabbids, among others, 
it, it, even just straight off the gate, there were a slew of releases. And compared to the Wii U's, where you'd, re you'd get like a big release once, twice a year if you were lucky, especially towards the end, yeah. it has been non-stop. How, how have you found overall the Switch's library of games? I mean, it's been phenomenal, really. Of course, the, yeah. the Wii U suffered from uh, <laughs> having a lot of good games, or well, some good games, but a poor console. The Wii mm. had a lot of good games, but again, that's, that's old at this point. But uh, yeah, the Switch really, really did thrive. Um, I'll admit that at first, I, I think it was the first year or two, I can't remember exactly, but it felt a little missing in areas. Um, notably how, like, uh, at first, Splatoon 3 and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe were basically the only multiplayer games that people had. Splatoon 2, you mean? Um, <laughs> Getting ahead of yourself, Did guys. I say, sorry, yeah. You did say Splatoon 3. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, those Splatoon 2 and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe were the only multiplayer games people had, and they were, like, just sort of waiting on Odyssey to release, I remember, but, um, it really picked up after a while, and... Since then, it's just been constant releases. Like, even going forward now, we've got so much good stuff going into the fifth and sixth year. It's just insane, like, how they've managed to keep up with it. It really has. And just, it, it's hard to break this down exactly, but let's say first-party releases first. What are some of your favourite and most played big Nintendo games on the console? Well, my most played game on the console is one I'd, I probably honestly consider the most iconic game of the the Switch, and it's Breath of the Wild. I mean, that's, you know... Makes sense. Gotta acknowledge it. <laughs> um, phenomenal game, I've completed it quite a few times at this point. Um, and yeah, it's just, I mean, it, it really does encompass the console with how good the game is on its own. I'm sure we've like talked about how good Breath of the Wild is in the past, so I don't want to dote too much on it, but just like... Yeah, having that as the opening game, that it's hard to explain. But you know how I mentioned like how fresh the Switch felt earlier, like the console. Yeah. Breath of the Wild felt like it matched that same freshness and and strangeness in the exact same way. So I feel like it was a perfect game to open with. One hundred percent, purely because of how good it was. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a fantastic game that you know sort of gives new energy and life to the open world style of games that no open world game has actually been able to match exactly since, I don't think. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully Breath of the Wild 2 will do that, but yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, and yeah. not only that, but like you said, as well as being fresh, like the Switch was fresh, their they're sort of identities both merged together because how being able to take Breath of the Wild on the go and how good it looked in Portable, in fact, I think it even ran slightly better in Portable in some places, it was right. it is crazy impressive. Like that, Breath of the Wild in Portable still looks better to me than some PlayStation 4 games and PS5 games do, I'm not going to lie. Just because, <laughs> just pure visual design and it never yeah. it never doesn't blow me away. I mean, some games like Xenoblade 2, which I don't think we need to say too much about, fantastic RPG, of course, but yeah. um, that game, you know, it's, it suffers a bit in handheld. It's playable, but I, and I do like some side quests or stuff, but I wouldn't want to play the main game at all in handheld for Xenoblade 2. But for Breath of the Wild, I think you absolutely could, to be honest. It doesn't feel like yeah. too much of a downgrade, which is insane. Yeah, I agree. I did actually play uh, part of Xenoblade 2 in handheld, uh, specifically when I was grinding for Cosmos in the post-game. Yes. Um, I, I played about 20 or so hours worth on handheld, 
and mm. uh, it's it's tricky because <laughs> of <laughs> how many numbers there are and and things like that, how many details there are. Uh, yeah. And some games are like that, you know. The Switch isn't; it's not perfect. But I mean, having the option alone is is better than not having it, like a lot of other consoles. So, absolutely. And as as you gave your most played game for me, Breath of the Wild is number three. Xenoblade Two mm-hmm. is number two. But my most played is uh, probably one that's shared with a lot of people: Smash Bros. Ultimate, because right. that it really was just the perfect game. On the perfect system, like Breath of the Wild, you know, it is the best that Smash has ever been. The way it's pulled in so much and has kept going with the DLC and having better online than the Wii U had is very helpful with just being able to play with you guys. Now, I think one thing, particularly with the Switch, is that back in the Wii U day, I had no one else to play online games with, to be honest with you. No Mm -hmm. one I knew had a Wii U. And even if they did, you know, they weren't people who were going to be playing massive amounts with me online, but since getting the switch i'm particularly a year into the switch's lifespan when i met this community of people like you and all the others it suddenly meant it's opened up like the possibility of online gaming with the switch so much more which has been great because i mean even like i didn't get splatoon 2 at launch because i didn't have anyone to play it with so it didn't seem that would be much of a point i can't argue that with splatoon 3 now because i know there's a heck of a lot of people who would be willing to join up and play games with on that so, yeah, it's the, the online functionality of the Switch, you know, it's definitely the online system has got some flack because this is the first time we've had to pay for online. But, you know what, I've actually quite enjoyed my experience more than I have in any past system. How have you mm. found any online gaming on the system? Honestly, like, for as much hate as it gets, I, I don't think I've ever found an issue with the online. Like, it's never broke yeah. for me. I don't have particularly good internet. We were talking just before the recording. Like, my internet's not great. But still, I've never had an online issue with the with the connection. Like, as much as people hate on it. The pricing, we've, we've gone over the pricing in previous videos. But, you know, mm. if, you're, if you're, you know, sort of not being too dumb about it, you can get it very cheap for a lot of good benefit. Like, it's... I don't know. I I'm in support of Nintendo Switch Online because there's there's genuinely like not any valid downsides to it apart from, you know, if you don't want to use it or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, mean, I think it's good. I think it's good. and there's sort of this whole sort of debate, of course, about things about is the the NES Online, SNES, Nintendo 64 better or worse than the Virtual Console, and I think there's definitely something lost in the ability to buy those games. There choose is. the ones you want, yeah. and the the breadth, the bigger amount of games that were on the virtual console compared to this. But I also think I quite enjoy this system of st- of the online streaming these games because in the first place it, it encourages me to play games that I would not have brought otherwise. Mm-hmm. Most of these NES and SNES and Nintendo sixty four games that I've been playing and mucking them out in, I would never have bought back on the Wii U. I only bought like four games on the Wii U virtual console to be honest with you, you know because you got to limit your money, but when you're already paying this, again, in my case, £7 a year for all of this stuff, yeah. it gives me the freedom to say, okay, I may not have bought Earthbound before, but I've got it. I own it, technically. Quotation marks, own it. I'm going <laughs> to try it out. So I think I really love this whole system of having these full console libraries right, ready to go whenever you want it. And I think if they keep adding to that and add Game Boy Advanced and Game Boy and whatever in the future... I'm quite on board with this system of doing things for the online. 
Yeah, same. I think it works great. No problems. Now, we took a sort of... I probably should take a note. We took a detour there, but back to the first party games. <laughs> Are there any other sort of big ones that you want to mention, you want to shout out? Well, you mentioned Smash Ultimate, and that is actually the third most best-selling game on the Switch. But there yep. are two above it, uh, which I thought <laughs> would be like the, the other two. They're basically the only other two main ones I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Uh, second place being Animal Crossing New Horizons. Um, what a phenomenon. <laughs> yeah, now this this is interesting because out of all like the best-selling games, despite this being number two, it didn't come out anywhere near launch. It released in 2020. Um, yeah. But when the because of like you know probably lockdown lockdown boosted this as well, but this is very much like the most popular game on the Switch that didn't come out on release because um, because it's been it's it's good Animal Crossing simple as that yeah um, it it came at the, the perfect online, time <laughs> it did it couldn't have been any better uh, yeah in terms of when it released because it just suited what was going on very well. It got um, both my sisters to get a Nintendo Switch, so that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, <laughs> that that's actually a, the point I wanted to make with this, is that, you know, it, to me, this is the only game outside of release that has prompted people that much to get a Switch. You know, you know yeah. of course, whenever a console releases, there are certain games, and you're like, oh, I got, I got the console for this game, I got the console for that game. But Into the Switch's lifespan, that's the only one where I think that has happened en masse, where... Lots of people have been buying a Switch, and it revitalized the the console in a sense, uh, just with that one game. So it's it's very iconic for that reason, you know. Definitely. And um, I think we all know what the most selling cons- uh, game on the console is. <laughs> no <laughs> surprise. Eight Deluxe. <laughs> it's not even a new game. Um, but it's so damn good still. <laughs> so it is. Mario Eight Deluxe is a very good game. I, I really enjoy yeah. it. Um, you know, lots of very good multiplayer there. Uh, of course, it's just Mario Kart Eight, but with some extra things like battle mode as well as all the DLC. Uh, and it, it's it's great. I think it. You know, again, this this alongside Smash Ultimate, Animal Crossing: New Horizons, all of these types of games you very much felt like these were definitive versions of the series, in a sense. Yeah. Like, they, they just all have culminated from the previous games, and they are all just very good all-round games for their series. Like, they just do a very good job of what they do. There's nothing too out there and wacky like, you know, you had on the Wii with a lot of motion control games or the DS with touchscreen games. This is just Return to Roots, the best edition of the game. Like it's that's what all these tiles achieve, really. Definitely, and it, there's just such a big variety of different, you know, series that have got these representation on the Switch and have done better than they ever do. But usually, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Xenoblades, of course, it was not nearly as popular until two, and now exactly. Definitive Edition and three is coming out, and the series is thriving. Metroid Dread is doing very well, um, and we've got Prime Four that many people are hyped for. Fire Emblem Three Houses really brought, I mean, a three DS revitalize. Fire Emblem, but the Switch has kept that momentum going very well. All the sort mm-hmm. of things like the Warriors spin-offs or ports of Wii U games and Wii games like Skyward Sword HD or Donkey Kong yeah. Country Tropical Freeze, they have just managed to basically get everything from the, from all of Nintendo's past. There's, there's still some things missing, you know, we haven't got Pikmin 4 yet, you have to do with Pikmin 3 for now. <laughs> but there's a... I, I just had to hurt you, Kai, I'm sorry. But <laughs> there is just such a great variety of content here, which uh, 
it's just Nintendo alone because here I want to mention how ridiculously good the third party support has been on the Nintendo yes. Switch yeah, yeah, because yeah. that is something the Wii U really suffered with they sort of it started off well at the start for a little bit like they had um, I can't even remember all the games but like Zombie U was like a big Zombie game. Zombie U was yeah, one of the highlights. Like, really? That's it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was meant to be like, hey, Nintendo are getting a different kind of game that they don't make for their launch, and they didn't get any others yeah. afterwards. Just and Assassin's Creed and that, and that was basically yeah. it. But on the Switch, you know, we've got everything. We've got Skyrim. We've got incredible indie support from, like, Hollow Knight and Celeste. Mm-hmm. Even impossible for things like The Witcher 3, which I have on the Switch, and although yes. clearly it's an inferior version, <laughs> it still runs damn well, and it's bloody impressive how they managed to even get it to function, let alone function in a perfectly playable manner in handheld. It has just been crazy that it, it has enabled me so, to get into so many other franchises, because back in the Wii U, I pretty much only played, you know, your Mario Kart, your Legend of Zelda, whatever. There weren't now, other options, you know? Yeah, exactly. But now looking at my Switch catalogue, it's pretty much, it alternates between like a Nintendo game and then two different third-party games, just because there's so many. But mm-hmm. uh, have there been any particular highlights of these that were stuck out to you on the Switch? Well, you kind of labelled a lot of them to be first Skyrim and The Witcher 3. I, I never played The Witcher mm. 3, but I did get Skyrim, which is what my main account is on for that game now. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, as well as looking at other big third-party games. Uh, Rocket League is a big one for me, because I'm a, I'm a huge Rocket League fan. Um, just having these games on the Switch is, is insane, like, how, you know, it's just nice to have them, like, they're big games a lot of the time, really popular, and it's just great to have them there, rather than it being like the Wii U, like you say, where there's, like, no third-party support at all, and it's great to see Nintendo branching out like that, and then touching further on indie games is another thing, because... That is like that's like ninety percent of the eShop. Oh yeah, indie games. There's so many. Some of them, I, I, I'm pretty sure aren't even real games. Like I think they're just like <laughs> I don't know. I think they're plants, and they're just like not meant to be there. Because some of them are like, did they? I mean, there was one I was looking at. I don't know if I mentioned it to you, but um, it, it looks like an old Flash game I used to play online and it's just like it's for like 80p and it's like yeah why i don't know why these things are here but some of the indie games are genuinely really good and that's why i like the nindy directs is because it gives them a chance to be highlighted yeah i mean the uh, fact we got a uh, an official nintendo indie game with a uh, cadence of hyrule which yeah, is exactly i never played i never played the full game but the demo is fantastic of it it's the switch really is an indie machine and these are the kind of I mean, with some of the third-party games, like, or some of the bigger ones, you know, like your uh, Witcher 3, mm-hmm. if you've got a PlayStation 5, assuming it's not portable isn't too big a deal for you, you, you probably want to get it there because it's going to take more use of the power. But these indie games yeah. don't need that. They really don't need that, so they are perfect for the Nintendo Switch. And it's kind of... It's the place that, even though I now have a PlayStation, that's the place where I want to get them is the Nintendo Switch because they also work well in handheld mode. So Yeah, exactly, exactly. It has just, all in all, it has given this ridiculous library. You know, you've got things like Rocket League and Fortnite for your big multiplayer games going on the Switch <laughs> as well. <laughs> it's, uh, you, you've, we've got, you know, you can watch YouTube. Crunchyroll just got added to the Switch. It's, it has just been an insane catalogue of so much stuff that I still have on the backlog and haven't been able to play yet. There are so many things that I'm missing out on. But 
I mean, that's only a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, a lot of Nintendo's business decisions over the years have been questionable. Well, I'll admit that. They're, sometimes they're really not great. But mm. I'm glad that in this instance, they have actually opened up to third party and indie stuff because the, the, I think the Switch, you know, still would have been great without it, but would have felt diff- very different and limited. So exactly. It's, it's all there. You know? Yeah. Are there any other particular Nintendo Switch games you want to call out before we uh, move on? Um, I think that's pretty much it. You know, we touched on all the big ones and some of the third-party mm. aspects. Um, to my knowledge, I mean, I'm looking forward to all the games going forward. I could talk about loads and loads of games. Like, you know, we could talk more about Splatoon 2, Splatoon 3, Three coming up. Yeah. You know, I'd love to talk about some things like Triangle Strategy, admittedly. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there's great, you know, great Ace Attorney. There's so so many different games, uh, but we have covered a lot of them in other episodes, uh, you know, series and that sort of thing. So I won't touch on any more of them today. Yeah. Well, there's one thing about the console that I want to sort of touch upon that I forgot about earlier. Again, I should have made a list. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> the Joy-Con themselves and their controllers, how do you find using these Joy-Con? And obviously, there's a bit of controversy with how they can break. Mm. Uh, my first set of Joy-Con have have been long lost to drift. Uh, pay your specs, people, in the, in the comments, please. Yeah. But all in all, I find that it's still quite impressive to me just the, the form factor of being able. When I had, I had a bunch of friends over the other day, for the first time in a while, usually it's just me and one friend. But when we were switching games over, we'd be like, "Here, here's these Joy-Con," and you just pass them over. Or if you want just one, you can use one. It's it makes it very quick and easy, and you want to take the console out, just snap them back on, lift it up. It's the -hmm. quick ease of it, I think, is still quite impressive. How have you found them? Yeah, I'm a really big fan of the Joy-Cons. I think they feel good. Um, I know some people are like, my hands are too big or too small, and I'm like, (laughs) fair enough. You know, that's understandable. They don't come in sizes. But um, for me, they fit perfectly, and for like the first four years of the Switch... I didn't have a pro controller, so I used Joy-Cons for everything. Yeah. And, um, you know, I didn't even use the, you know, you have, like, the thing you can put them into so it feels like a controller? Yes, um, the grip. I, yeah, the grip, that's it. I didn't even use that, I just held them separately, because this is a, a slightly weird thing, but when I play games, for some games, I like my hands to just be in, like, really strange ways. Like, sometimes I'll just have one arm, like, slunk over the back of my head or shoulder, and yeah. that sort of thing. Uh, sometimes I'll just have like, I don't know, I want to play with like one hand just to my side, one of them I want to like hold in the air for some reason, I don't know, whatever it is. Maybe you want to be eating a pizza whilst you play, so you just have one hand. I have done that on numerous occasions, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I believe. And it's like, using the Joy-Cons, you can just, you know, the flexibility's there, which is nice, and I, I know it's not a thing for everything that's like a plus, but it is for me. Um... So, until I got a Pro Controller last year, that's, yeah, I just used um, the Joy-Cons and I loved them. Uh, However, drift is a big issue. I'm I'm still not a big fan of that. Uh, Similarly to you, my first set of Joy-Cons was lost to drift. Mm, And then my second set of Joy-Cons, which I got uh, like a year or two later, also were lost to drift in about the same amount of time. So, hence why I had to get the Pro Controller. But, you know, I've heard horror stories of people buying like you know eight pairs of joy cons and all of them break and chugga conroy <laughs> yeah i remember seeing that tweet as well yeah, yeah. Just like, i will admit that that is a very big problem that i wish they did something about by now yes yeah. 
one of the biggest downsides of the Switch as a whole, but in terms of how the Joy-Cons feel when they haven't drifted yet, yeah, they're pretty good. Um, you know, if yeah. they didn't drift, then it, that'd be well worth the 50 quid. It is a shame. I think in some in some regards, that's sort of the price you have to pay for the ease of them, is that because they're <laughs> so small, the tech is a bit less reliable. Yeah. Is my general understanding of it. Which is, it's a shame that happens. I've only had one pair drift, my second pair, they're a bit clicky, but they haven't drifted yet, fingers crossed. <laughs> but like you say, there's the be able to just hold them in different positions. With games like Mario Odyssey, when when you throw Cappy with one hand and you can like swing both yeah. together to like do a spin move, it it really makes it feel better in those. And also for games like Okami, I played it with the Joy-Con outside of the grip because it made the HD rumble in that game feel better. Mm-hmm. And it worked with like the paintbrush. So it definitely has its uses. And I think it's it's quite cool having that sort of form factor of, you know, you can put them in the grip and it's a bit like having a standard controller. But then you can disconnect them and you can play Skyward Sword HD and it's like you're playing with a remote and nunchuck. You're kind of getting the best yeah. of both worlds. Not to mention put them on the Switch and then have it like you're playing a 3DS or whatever. So uh, the functionality is always going to be the most impressive thing about them. But let's not forget that the Pro Controller, if you want the classic one, I still consider that the best Nintendo controller. It's just... Yeah. I know people love the GameCube. I personally don't. Sorry, GameCube fans. It's fine, but <laughs> the Pro Controller just feels perfectly layered out and i mean uh, it's not too complex is the thing it, it does yeah. what a controller needs to do and it does it well and that's that it, it exactly. does the job very well yeah it's just comfortable uh, and does the job so my most of my time i usually play unless i'm doing handheld i usually use the um pro controller yeah i like in particular the, how they have the different styles you know i, I have the xenoblade 2 pro controller yeah example. same <laughs> and also like outside of that i i do really like how uh, often like early into the Switch's lifespan as well, how the community was making a lot of custom pro controllers as well. Honestly, I was a really big fan of that. Like yeah. people were making, you know, the, I can't remember the name for it, but you know, they've got like the see-through ones so you can see the inside of the controller and yes. you know, they were making custom ones for games that didn't have pro controllers yet. And, you know, although the ones that are official are often elite in a lot of senses, like again, the Xenoblade 2 one is brilliant. Um, the the custom ones were really nice to look at, especially the custom Joy-Cons that people made. Um, 100%. This is a cool aspect of it, yeah. But in general, I think that's most of the aspects of the Switch we've talked about. It, it's safe to say, you know, we have both had a fantastic five years with it. But the thing is, Nintendo, mm-hmm. you know, unlike the other unlike the other retrospectives where we were saying, well, this is it, the console's gone now, the Switch is still bloody going. And apparently Somehow. it's only halfway through its life cycle or something like that. Which is insane. But yeah. um, So that does raise the question we can ask with this question that we couldn't talk about with the other consoles. What do you want to see next from the Switch? So first, first of all, I'll pose the question of are there any particular outlying game series you want to see come to the Switch? You know, Rather than like a specific game, is there any sort of big things that you think the Switch is lacking in its library? Uh, well... Pikmin. <laughs> <laughs> you want Hey Pikmin uh, too? I, I understand, Kai. To be honest, I think my life peaked when Definitive Edition for Xenoblade released. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I think I'm honestly once Xenoblade Three releases, I think I'm just good. I don't need any more games on the Switch. I've got so many to catch up on at this point. Um, yeah. Honestly, in terms of like game series and stuff, there's I, I am not in much demand because there's already so much coming out and and a it's lot true. of my wants have just happened over time. So I, I genuinely 
have like nothing off the top of my head apart from Pikmin that I want more of in the near future for the Switch, like at all. Yeah, it's hard because we most of the big ones we already have or we know are coming. Like you know, we know Metroid Prime mm-hmm. Four is incoming, so it's kind of hard to pick. I think one thing that would be, I mean, if you want to talk ports, Xenoblade X is obviously one that oh, yeah, would be absolutely. fitting for our channel, and I definitely would like to see that at some point. But really, I think in light of the recent news that the Wii U and 3DS eShops are dying, <laughs> I think <Yeah>. the big <laughs> thing now is the outliers from those making their way to the Switch. For example, um, the sequel, Ace Attorney Trilogy, you know, the second set of games. Yes. I, would, I want those to come there, because otherwise I'm going to have to buy them all on the 3DS, which is acceptable, <laughs> but uh, I'd rather have them on the Switch. You know, things like the Professor Layton series, outside of Catriel, because why? You know, so true. there's... True, very so, true. It's more so, like, there's less so these big new releases I want, but rather I want some of the old things that we're going to be losing access to to be more accessible on the Switch. That's sort of my main hope, game-wise, yeah. I would say. That's a good point. Like, if we're going to have a, this console last a decade, it really should have stuff from the older consoles as well. Yeah. It's understandable that, you know, they, um, they can't use backwards compatibility with this entirely new console system that mm-hmm. uses cartridges rather than discs and all that. That that makes sense, but um, in that case, give us ports as much as you can. That is all I'm going to say there. Yeah. But outside of the games, what do you see next for the future of the console? Do Because if it's going to last five years, it's already quite outdated tech. It was kind of outdated tech when it launched, really. Other than how, you know, the form factor of it was very impressive, but the tech itself was quite old. Now yeah. it's meant to last another five years. Do you think we're going to get a Pro? Do you want a, just to be a Switch 2 at this point? What do you think is incoming? Well, the Switch Pro is something that, of course, is, is talked <laughs> about a lot, especially in the last year or so. It's been trending on Twitter. Yeah, like every 90% day. percent <laughs> of the time. Yeah, it, it's constantly there. <laughs> Uh, and and personally, uh, I mean, I know I, I personally haven't touched much on the Switch Pro concept because, quite frankly, I don't like. It's not something that I know much about, nor am I that interested in. Mm. Um, I do think that eventually we are going to need a Switch Pro. Uh, you know, as as software and hardware as it all updates, we are going to need that processing power. Um, so you know, I agree that maybe there should be one in in like a year or two, maybe. Um, but, you know, only if it's needed. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I do think that should happen. That should happen eventually, um, as long as it's done appropriately. Yes, I mean, we had the OLED, which was a nice buff for handheld, if you play that way, but mm-hmm. not really too much. There, there were sort of rumours that there might have been a Pro, but because of the chip shortage, that got delayed. Who, who knows if that's true, but it's a tough one, because the question is, if you get an, whether you call it a Switch Pro, whether you call it the Switch 2... At what point do you make games only playable on that? Yeah, exactly. What What's the line? Where do you draw it? It's a tough one, but whilst I would probably get a pro if they got one at this point, I would happily have things run better. I still think there's so much to switch, despite the fact it's very old tech, there's so much it can do that doesn't feel old. I mean, Metroid Dread came out and was bloody impressive just last year, you know? That didn't feel outdated remotely. We've got Breath of the Wild 2 incoming, and the thing is, Breath of the Wild 1 still holds up remarkably well compared to most other games. It and does. that was a launch title. That was technically a Wii U game. That wasn't even a game yeah, taking advantage of the new power of the Switch. Exactly. So I don't think Breath of the Wild 2 needs a um, a Switch Pro to be impressive or even more impressive than Breath of the Wild 1 was. So I'm happy if, if it is just five years of this model of the Switch, 
to be honest, I think it could survive it. <laughs> I, I, I expect mm -hmm. a pro within that time or something along those lines, but I am perfectly happy to go with the flow and accept that we're going to be getting damn good games regardless. I mean, look at the forecast of what is going to be coming out. We're basically set for a long time anyway. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the one final thing I will ask is, is there anything you want sort of operating system level? Do you, do you really want folders or themes to come back? Are you holding out for anything like that or are you content with the current form factor? This was something I wanted to talk about, that just like the main yeah. menu as a whole. Um, so I'll say like positives, things that I'm happy with is... The weirdest thing is is the sounds. Like, you know when you like click on certain things and it's all got like sound effects? Mm. The sound effects are like, I don't know, they, they are like serotonin inducing. Um Oh yes. They're just great. <laughs> I don't know I don't know why the noises are so good when you click on things, but they're very good. Um yeah. <laughs> ASMR. <laughs> I Yeah. And I do I to be honest, I like the layout of the switch, you know, the UI it has for the menu. Uh, you know, the game selection. I know people have said, like, maybe they should redesign it, and maybe there should be different layouts, but I'm honestly happy with the one we have. Um, the main mm. thing, though, is, yeah, the menu style options, the fact that we only have, what is it, basic light mode and basic dark mode, and that is it. Uh, yeah. That, I do think, is a problem. I feel like Nintendo could make very easily a little bit of profit and a lot of people happy by just having the style options, the themes like you have on the DS and 3DS. Like, why, yeah. why isn't there? <laughs> it would be nice to see that. I think I can see the argument of I don't know to what extent it would make it less snappy because that's one thing I really appreciate about the Switch is how quick it is to it get is. into games and move it around. Good. Yeah. So, I mean, but if it's optional, you know, why not? It might be a little bit slower, but if you want the Xenoblade background, you've got your Xenoblade background. So I would like it as an option. Especially they have it like a themes so nice. they have like a themes tab, like there were going to be more, but it's just a black yeah. and a white. So who knows? To be honest, for if I had to say one thing, give us more damn profile pictures. Give us Xenoblade characters. Yeah, Why? That was the last thing. That that was a very weird thing because I knew because we were gonna record this today and I was on the switch yesterday just before I switched yeah. off. And I noticed something weird as I was looking through something. And I realised, damn, they really haven't updated these profile pictures, huh? And no. I looked at um, I looked at our friend Gabe's profile picture, and I was like, hang on, that's an Animal Crossing character. That's not on the list for me. I did a little researching. Apparently there are new icons. Yes, recently through my Nintendo. I didn't know about this. <laughs> yes, they, they added this, like, literally last week. It's through my Nintendo on oh, the Switch. You can okay. claim new profiles for points, but... <laughs> The thing is, it's kind of a cool idea, and I'm, I'm not against using because it gives me a finally something to use the platinum points for, not or whatever mm -hmm. color points they are. I never use them usually, um, but they're still quite limited, and like you can custom, you can like custom like get backgrounds as well for them, which is really cool. But you can't mix and match it or anything. So if you want an Animal Crossing character, you can't give it a Mario background or anything. But yeah, what that does is it shows potential. If they upgrade the profile system like that, where they add points or otherwise, a whole bunch of different characters in the backgrounds and colours and you can mix and match them. I think that that's where I want them to go next. Whether or not they'll actually yeah. do it in a more competent way, probably not. <laughs> but, it's, it's so um, jarring it's though. Like, yeah. Because it would be so easy to do. They clearly are able to do it. Again, the, the fact that you can redeem points, uh, for reference, the current things you can only redeem are like the Mario Odyssey and Animal Crossing characters and that's basically... Stuff we already had... Do. 
things off, even if I thought they're the same ones, yeah. It's not like anything. Yeah, like no. the, the current roster of stickers and, and like profile picture options is so weird. And we know that they can introduce new ones if they want, and they are starting to roll yeah. them in. But only for what I'd label as like I don't know, in, in the best way possible, basic games. Like these these are like the mainstream you know, the the advertisement, the mainstream. The family games, big, yeah. Ma- yeah, the family, Mario Odyssey and Animal Crossing, you know. And it's just like, I kind of want more, you know. For, let's say, for example, for Xenoblade, like, you wouldn't even need to make new assets. You just take their yeah. in-game official artwork and just, like, crop it so it's just the head and then post yeah. that on there as an option. Like, that would make so many people happy. And you wouldn't need to do any work. Like, you literally just get the .png or the JPEG or whatever whatever it is. It is the weirdest. It, on there. <laughs> it would not... I think it would take, like, a, like, you know, two or three developers, like, less than a day to do that. And it would make a lot of people happy. <laughs> like, I don't know. It just seems like such an it easy thing that they could do. And I, I hope that they do start expanding on that in time. Because... I, as much as I don't mind that my current profile picture and all of that sort of thing, I'm, I'm happy with it. Like, yeah. it seems like such an easy thing to do that would make a lot of people happy. I don't know. So, to sum up this video, really, and the future of Nintendo Switch. Switch Pro? Nah. Switch Profiles? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking. Exactly. Um, that. That's. I mean, that's basically it, right? Yeah, that is it for this video. That is yeah. most of our thoughts on the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> And you'll continue to hear our thoughts on the Nintendo Switch through the upcoming years to come, hopefully, because there's a heck of a lot more to come just this year alone. But thank you all so much for watching this video. You can, of course, find us on Bunch of Jokers on YouTube or on podcasting sites such as Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. under the name Bunch of Jokers. And if you enjoyed this one, go check out our other retrospectives looking on the Wii U, 3DS, Wii and DS, because they were a lot of fun to do. So yeah, go check out the rest of our content and we will have more in the future of uh, gameplay videos, we've got some Mario Party plans, and our regular monthly podcasts and discussions. So hang around for that. But, Kai, where else can people find your content at? Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Vascarine, uh, link in the description. Um, yeah, I'm currently playing through Great Ace Attorney Resolve, so spoilers of course, uh, I'll be <laughs> playing through that for like the next three months probably, so you know, don't expect that yep. to change much. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm having a blast. As someone who's playing the game myself and is nearing the end, there's going to be a lot of good stuff to see Kai react to in the future, so definitely come check it out. It shall be entertaining. Yeah, we'll be talking about that a lot in future episodes, I can tell. To be honest, I think we might just do a great Ace Attorney discussion on its own, maybe. I think that could be worth it. <laughs> I wouldn't be opposed to it, you know? Yeah, maybe invite Oliver or someone. Or, but yeah, that could be fun. It might be a good chat. But... Uh, Whatever we do in the future, it will be right here. So thank you for watching. Please stay tuned and see us in the next video. Oh, wait, wait. I should probably thank you, Sam, actually. He might be a bit nah, mad if I don't. Need to do that. Never mind. See you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs> thank you to Sam, our graphic designer, for all his work on the logo and thumbnails. And there'll be a link to his Twitter in the description below. There you go, Sam. Please don't leave us. But we'll see you then. Take care and goodbye. <laughs> Bye.